0: take up our offering first today. And uh, like I always say, I know that many of you, if not most, uh, do your tithes on, uh, online, as do I and my wife several times a week usually, if we're blessed. <laughs> and uh, that's great. I pray over all those. There are a lot of folks that uh, don't uh, live near here that give to this church and we're thankful for that. I pray over their offerings too, they're blessed just as well as going into this ministry. But we still like to, we've begun to, I used to not I always just left the basket back there, but uh, the Lord dealt with me about that because he wants you to understand how he handles finances and how he gets them back to you. The whole kingdom of God is about sowing and reaping. It's all in seed form, whether it's your talents, your time, your words, or your your resources and god jesus said if you don't understand that principle you won't understand anything about the kingdom of god or anything that he teaches so praise god you know first of all how many of you know god wants you prosperous and healthy right? amen yeah. yeah the aspects of the curse were what spiritual death and then poverty and sickness or death and jesus Jesus dealt with all that on the cross. Praise God. Amen. We got a lot to be thankful for. If we just stopped right there and meditated on that and shouted and sang about that all day, well, that'd be good enough. Amen. Amen. Heard John too, uh, the Holy Spirit had John to write, Beloved, I I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. And you know, it says uh in uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 it says that God loves a cheerful giver. So I want to be a hilarious giver. I get excited. I get excited to give because I believe, I believe, you know, I love, you know, the ones who I love ministering to about giving because it can, a lot of preachers dread it because it seems very self-serving, right? Oh, here we go again. And I have been in places where one half of the service was ministering the offering or offerings. And then they all got the back and split it up and stuff like that. There's corruption everywhere. Mm-hmm. The church, mm-hmm. politics, and every part of the world. Business. That don't mean we need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. God has spiritual laws in place for our benefit. Amen. And we need to understand them and cooperate so that we can be blessed. Amen. Amen. Malachi 3.10. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. This is your storehouse. This is where you're fed. This is where the, And he says, and this is what, the only place where he says that he, he challenges you to test him. Remember Jesus said, we're not supposed to test God. That's what he told the devil. But here is the place. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of a blessing that there will not be room enough for you to store it. Now that's I had to take him up on that And so I I give I give and I'm happy to give And and you know Even when times have looked really 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 bad Because I went through some When I came out of my ignorance and into the kingdom Of God I had opened every Door for the devil there was And it took a while to get them shut But you know We began sowing And sowing and you've Read my book, you know about that. the dream with the cars all lifted up and how we sent out all those car titles and things like that. But we just began to sow, and there's seed time and harvest, didn't it? Just like I mean, any farmer will tell you, you don't plant today and go get your tractor and go go <laughs> go harvest it up the next day, right? So we just kept sowing, kept believing it's good to wrap. It. Expectancy around that seed for a harvest—you're going to get what you sow, more than you sow, later than you sow. Amen. 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 So praise God with that in mind. Uh, Joey, if you wouldn't mind passing the offering plate, and then we'll move on. We're getting professional. (laughs) We're getting fancy. Of course. (laughs) Yes, we are believing while well, he's doing that. We are believing for a place of our own. Yes, amen. And we're blessed to be here. I love being here. I love being a, a part of the VFW and uh, being a blessing to them because we are a blessing to them. I don't know if you know that. But uh, uh, we're, we, we bless them quite well, don't we, Randy? Yes. The, the V, yeah. Amen. So, so we we, we don't uh, we want we don't want anyone to think that God is a some kind of freeloader or cheapskate. So we're we're Amen. we're a pretty good bless to the VFW, and we try to leave everything better than we found it. Amen. My company installed all these windows at cost. Amen. Amen. These are kind you can shoot a two by four out of a cannon, and it will not go through it. And so, uh, nevertheless, all that aside. We are believing for a place. Yes. Why? Because we have outgrown this place, whether you know it or not. If everybody yes, yeah. ever showed up at once, we don't have room. <laughs> and
1: that doesn't happen very often,
0: but praise <laughs> God. But God is engraving on attendance. Thank you, Lord. But I am, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but, but we need Sunday nights because there's other ministers here and I need that time to to ignite and draw out the giftings in them and to help help, help with some things like that. We got other ministries that we want to do. There, we need Wednesday nights. We need access all week long so that we can do lots of other ministry. You see, there's a reason that God will cause this to grow, you see. Now he's got a wonderful group of people here that love the Lord and uh, are wanting to be true disciples. I, you know, I've uh, I've known people that have started and lost churches, and uh, and uh, and I and I know the reasons. You know why behind some of it. We believe it or not, this is what the Lord has shown me. You know, this is this is my ministry too. The ministry that He works through me is is uh, what, what did Russell say? I'm a, it's like a finishing school for Christians. And I, I don't say that with any pride or arrogance, but this is where disciples come to be created, real children and sons of God to grow up, to, to help, to be helped first, healed, empowered, every, healed everywhere you hurt, empowered by the promises of God, the word of God, to love, be loved with the love of God and to prosper in every way. Once you receive that help, then what do you do? You automatically wanna give it away. So you receive the help first. God cares a lot more about you than he does what you can do for him. But once you get prepared and and preparation time is never wasted time, he wants to use you to help others. Amen. Amen. So we're gonna keep growing and believing for that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for the offering that we received here and for all the offerings that come in through all other means. We just thank you, Lord, that you touch hearts and minds to help them to be a part of the vision of this house and to sow into the gospel of the kingdom of God. And we just love you for it and thank you for blessing the seed into the kingdom for your work to be done. To multiply it there and then multiply hundred thousand hundred thousandfold return back seed to the sower. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I've got it. A- got something on this phone here I need to look at, if I could find it, um, there it is. All right. couldn't remember this this joke, but I wanted to tell it. I like corny jokes. <laughs> it says it, it was Palm Sunday but because of a sore throat, five-year-old Annie stayed home from church with her mother. When the rest of the family returned home, they were all carrying palm branches, and Annie asked them what they were for. Well, they explained to her that, well, people held them over Jesus' head as he rode by on a coal. And she said, wouldn't you know it? <laughs> the one Sunday I'm sick, Jesus shows up and offers pony rides. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> That's funny to me. It was funny. Father, thank you The laughter doth good like medicine. Thank you that you love us so much that you brought this wonderful group of your children here together today. And thank you for all of those who will listen uh, by other means at any other time in the future. Your anointing and your power and your love knows no bounds or no time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> Believers, just kind of remember a few of the things we went on last week and continue on from there but as as true believers in, in, in Christ we are in this world but we are not of this world amen, amen. we are citizens of heaven, heaven. Amen. amen and we are here as ambassadors. For the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. For that kingdom that we are from. Amen. Amen. He has given us freedom, Christ has, from the enemy and given us authority because he's been given all authority in heaven and earth. And then when he ascended, he gave his authority in the earth to, to, to you, to his church. Amen. Rome. Amen. Amen. For all me. Amen. So we have power, we have authority. We we don't have power over the devil, but in a sense we do because we have power over all the works of the devil. You can't say devil get, leave earth or or get, you know, (laughs) he has the right to be here. He's in charge, he's the little G, the God of this world for a time. And that's not because God wanted it that way, but because Adam and Eve, Uh, screwed up in the garden and they gave him the the authority that God had given them legally. So this book is like a legal document, you see. There are covenants, like a last will and testament, you see, of someone. Thank God we're out of the old one that where they had for 1,500 years with the law chiseled in stone plus 600 more uh, plus that they came up with that no one could ever keep. So Jesus came and did it himself as became like us as our kinsman redeemer so that he was qualified to redeem us from the curse of the law of sin and death. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Ephesians one three says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That doesn't mean in heaven, When you get to heaven, you're not going to need this power and authority over the enemy. (laughs) It's for the sweet now and now. Hello. (laughs) Second Peter 1 3 says the same thing. You can go and look. All things. Somebody say all all things. God has given us all things pertaining to life, this life, and godliness. And the provision, he goes on to say, is in the promises. If I turn over there to Second Peter, I will not leave. So you can go look at it later. First Timothy, remember I mentioned how Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. And how for us as New Testament believers, thank God for that blank page between Matthew and Malachi. It means so much what Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. As New Covenant, New Testament believers, the good fight of faith is just standing, resting in faith, resting in what Jesus has said, trusting in the promises of God, settling for nothing less than God's best, praying and believing we have what we pray for when we pray until we see it. Saying, God, I'm blessed. Telling everybody else, I'm blessed. Well, you don't look blessed. I don't care. God said, I'm blessed, so I'm blessed. You calling my daddy a liar? I'm blessed. And my provision is on the way. Abraham was heading up that mountain to sacrifice Isaac and the ram was heading on the other side. He couldn't see his provision. But there was a ram in the bush for him, wasn't it? Yep. God wasn't late. Nope. And his provision was perfect. Amen. Amen. Jehovah Jireh. Amen. God will provide. Amen. Yes. Even when it doesn't look like. Amen. 1 John 417, by this love is perfected so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he, Jesus is, so are we in this world right now. In you're born again spirit, you're three part blank beings. First Thessalonians 523 says, you are spirit, soul, and body. And you're born again spirit. You are identical to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You cannot discern that part of you with your natural senses. This is the mirror for that new man. Mm -hmm. Hello. Your soul wasn't saved. It's being saved as you renew your minds. Is that a throw off a religious wrinkle or two? Your body wasn't saved either. This is going to be exchanged for a brand new glorified one that will never get old or perish one day. But so far, I mean, you all accepted Jesus. You went and looked in the mirror and there was nothing different about your face. Was it? I didn't grow my hair back. But it said all things have become new. Isn't that what it said? So you're a spirit. John 4.24, those who worship him, so Jesus told the woman at the well must worship him in spirit and in truth, because God is the spirit. And so are you. With his soul, he has a soul too. Doesn't God not have a personality, a mind, a will, and emotions? He does. He created you in his image. With a soul and a body. There you are. Ephesians 3:20. And 21, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. That's awesome. According to what though? The power that worketh in us. You have a part to play, don't you? It's a relationship. Bill, Evelyn is. If Bill just leave his socks on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> but but, but if, if one of you just walked around like the other one wasn't there that would not go well <laughs> it's a relationship, amen especially you men we, we, we try it sometimes we're not good at it women are way better at it I oh, don't know how they do it with a straight face. Boy, they'll let you know in a hurry. Like, Ooh. You start backtracking in your mind what did I do? <laughs> because they do it so nice. Oh, hi. <laughs> 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 According to the power that worketh in us. God can do far more abundantly than we ask or think or imagine. But it's according to the power that worketh in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You say, well, I don't have any power. Yes, you do. You just have to exercise it. Every one of you have a set of muscles on you. Yeah? i like only, only a couple of us exercise, making, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. if we did, <laughs> they would grow.
1: <laughs>
0: Isn't that true? <laughs> they, with use, they grow with use. They're strengthened, that's a better word, with use, aren't they? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Same with your spiritual muscles. You have power. You have power. And there has to be faith involved. As, long, as well as exercising your, your authority, your faith, your, your your privileges that God has given you. It's authority and power. But you don't put faith in your faith. This is important. People have made faith into a work in the past in certain settings. And, and they just got things a little... Out of of whack. And then, again, just like church folks mostly, most of the time, they're on to something good, and then some people take and run awry with it, so they throw the baby out with the bathwater, and then they start over. And then they, they usually just get so confused, they don't know what to do, so they run back to the old covenant, just get back under the law. I feel safe here. God, just tell me, give me some do's and don'ts. And all that does is condemn you. Amen. 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 See, it's not your faith that you put faith in, it's, it's, it's the faith of Christ. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ, the life I live now is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in, in me, right? So you, your, your faith is in Christ. That's why you don't have to have fancy prayers and you don't have to pray in the King James English. You just say it just like you'd explain whatever the situation, circumstances, illness, financial crisis, whatever it is, like you'd explain to your best friend. Speak it, call it out by name, whatever you would call it, and then command it to go or for the provision to come. And then here's where the power comes in. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There's your power, folks, whether you know it or not. Peter and John healed it. Lots of folks in the book of Acts. Remember when Peter said, I, right, I don't have any cash on me. He said, but I'm gonna give you what I do have. What did he have? Authority. He had power because it had been given to him because he had the authority of the name of Jesus. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he grabbed him by the hand and yanked him to his feet. This man been crippled his whole life. He was like 38 years old. What confidence that required, though. But you want to know something? Did Peter have any more authority or power than you did? He did not. He did not. Paul prayed in the in Ephesians for you and I 2,000 years ago it was a prayer to the church in Ephesus but the Holy Spirit had him to write it down and knew that he was going to include it in this Bible and he prayed that not that you would have one thing more or that God would do anything else for you but only that you would have revelation or knowledge understanding of what God has already given you in Christ Ephesians 1, 18 through 20. Having the eyes, I pray that you have in the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named and not only in this age but also in the one to come. And in the one to come. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living on the inside of you. You just need to use it. Stop going by your feelings. I don't feel powerful. Therefore, I'm not powerful. No. These are spiritual laws coming from a spiritual place inside of you that you cannot discern with your natural senses. That's why it requires faith. Amen. Amen. God says, His children, the righteous, you are the righteous in right standing with God because of His Son Jesus, whom you." Chosen to be your Lord and Savior. So you have been made righteous and holy. In Christ. He says my my children will live by faith. My righteous will live by faith. You have as much authority. If you're saved. as, as, uh, As any preacher. Amen. Yeah. You can command the devil to stop. What he's doing. If it pertains to you or, or anything in your sphere of influence or anyone. Yes, you can. You can call in the provision and the blessings of God. Because God has already spoken his blessing over you, you see. You can command any aspect of the curse. You find in Deuteronomy 28 or anywhere else in the Old Testament. If you see that infringing on your life, you can say, oh, no, you don't. In the name of Jesus, command it to go. Call it by name. I don't care if it's mildew, because that was one of the curses. You can command it to die if you believe it will. Hemorrhoids. You know what those were? That's that's cancer, folks. That's tumors. That was part of the curse. Call it out. The difference in you if you're one of those that don't feel like you're very powerful or have the power we're talking about, the difference in you and a minister or a believer who walks in in, in great manifestation of, of God's power, all boils down to the strength of your relationship with Jesus, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. See, time spent with God affects the faith or power you walk in, and it also affects the witness you have as a believer. Are you hearing me? Yes. It the witness that you have as a believer is super important to the kingdom of God. It's all about Jesus' reputation. You've been sitting you've been left here as an ambassador for him and some don't take that seriously i don't know which, whether they don't believe it or just because god is so merciful and loving and kind that they just say well you yeah, know do nothing about it that's not love folks that's not love <clears throat> There was, some, uh, there, was a, there, was, there was some people, I'm going to read this to you out of, out of the book of Acts, give you an example, talking about the power and authority that we have and, and uh, those who, who really walk in it and those who don't. In Acts chapter 19, verses 11, starting at 11th verse, it said, Acts, Acts chapter 19, starting at the 11th verse. It's about the story about the sons of Sceva. Are you familiar with it? <laughs> it? Said, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, the apostle Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them now this dude was anointed paul well i believe the greatest preacher he wasn't even with jesus when he was alive in his ministry like the other apostles but but i believe he had a greater revelation of the grace of god and he walked in great power and authority he he wrote about half of this new testament Anyway, so even the handkerchiefs and aprons he was wearing when he was preaching messages, people were carrying to people far away. Unbelievers, by the way, who were sick and they were getting healed. <laughs> so there was a lot, a lot of good stuff happening. And their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. So what is part of our, the children's bread? Huh? Spiritual life, healing, and prosperity, deliverance. Okay, then listen to this though. Some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. (laughs) Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? (laughs) And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. (laughs) And this became known So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. But see, these guys, they were like, oh, this this is awesome. This what what Paul was doing. They're like, we'll, we'll do that. So they went and tried to cast a demon out of this guy in the name of the, the, the Jesus that Paul preaches. And this demon said, I don't know who you are. And, you know, demons are quite strong. I don't know if you've ever. Cast many demons out, but uh, they can manifest themselves in ways that are—they they can be very strong. I've seen, you know, I mean, and so this one, whatever demon or demons was in this man, it beat up all seven of those guys and, and beat them and bloodied them and left them naked. They ran out of the house beat up. But I'm talking about the difference between somebody who has a relationship with God and somebody who just is a is a confessor and not a possessor, you see. <laughs> so, it's important. See, first of all, they weren't even really saved. So, that's not a really a good comparison. You are. The only difference in you being able to do what Paul did is you believe in it and do it. You want, you want to walk in more power and authority? Give away what you have. Believe that you have power and authority in the name of Jesus. Start laying hands and praying on everybody and everything that has a problem. Watch what happens. Amen. Ah, Remember, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kingdom in all seed form. If you give away the seed that you have, no matter what it is, that's, a, that's love. When you, When you start laying hands and healing the sick, Praying on them for, their, for poverty to get out and for their provision to come and over their children and over their marriages and things like that. And wonderful things start happening. You think God, you gonna out give God? No, he's gonna be very thankful that you trusted in him and allowed him to use you. You don't think God needs you, he does, he does. We're his hands and feet and mouthpiece here in the earth. When he said, it is finished, and he stuck around for 40 days and taught some more, and then he ascended to heaven. Now it's us, after that 50th day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came. So now we have the paraclete, the one who came, the third person of the Trinity, who comes alongside us and takes a hold together with us of all the problems and concerns and mountains facing us in this life. Amen. You gotta believe and receive or doubt and do without. In chapter 4 of the book of James, who was the head of the church in Jerusalem, Jesus' half-brother. I had a half-brother. I never called him my half-brother. I just called him my brother. But we have to do that sometimes when it comes to Jesus, so that we know that he was divine and they weren't. Amen. <laughs> In the case of different dad made a real difference. <laughs> but James said in the 13th verse of chapter four, come now you who say tomorrow, today or tomorrow we will go. I'm starting to telling you something about doing things God's way or our way. Huh? Paul, James said, today or you, you say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there, trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows, listen to this, verse 17 of chapter four, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him is sin. So let's talk about staying positioned to receive all that God has for you. Would you like to know more about that? Amen. And so there's cooperation required on your part. First Kings, chapter seventeen. remember the prophet elijah great man of god he reigned during uh several kings time but king ahab was one in particular and uh he was a bad king most of them were by the way (laughs) it says that uh Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him so he was a bad king he teamed up, teamed up with his wife Jezebel and, and it says in 31 and as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat he took for his wife Jezebel the daughter of Ethbaal king of the Sidonians and went and served Baal false god and worshipped him so this this king ahab and his his evil wife jezebel who ended up getting thrown out a window and eaten by the dogs uh, sorry if that was a little graphic but uh god didn't like them very much they were evil and elijah went and in the 17th chapter elijah called for a drought It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab the king, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. In other words, it's not going to rain again until I say so. And the word of the Lord came to him. Depart from here. This is the part I'm trying to get to. Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Look at the screen today. I will feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And this was all during a three and a half year drought. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. So, he told Elijah He told Elijah, the ravens will feed you there, didn't he? Not not where he was at the time. He told him where to go, and he said, the ravens will feed you there, didn't he? Mm -hmm. It, it, It wasn't where he was. It wasn't wherever he felt like going, but where God told him to go. That's where God's perfect provision, God's supply for him would be. So welcome to your place called there today. Amen. You're being fed the spiritual manner. Amen. I can say that with great confidence today. Because I seek the Lord. Lord, don't ever let me talk to your people. I don't care what I have to say let it be you Lord you know who will hear the message you know what they need help them to feel your love help them to be helped in every way help them to be edified built up but there's a lot of time between times that you are here and you're elsewhere during the week huh do you try to spend your time in your place called there (laughs) in the place where God tells you to be all the time now listen I'm not claiming to be perfect at this I'm just asking you if you wake up in the morning and seek the Lord about your day basically and then try to do what He puts in your heart to do and be where He tells you to be and not be where He tells you not to be. Or do you come to church and check it off your list then get right back to doing whatever it is you please. My prayer is always this. Lord, thank you for always helping me and my wife to be in the right place at the right time to do your will and to receive everything that you have for us. That's a good prayer. I pray that prayer all the time. You say, well, if God will supply then I'll go. No, that's not what he says. You go where he says to go, and God will have your provision there. And I'm not talking about a bird bringing you food. You know what I'm talking about. Talking about all the issues of life. God spoke to the raven to feed Elijah before he ever went and that bird went there to feed him if he if Elijah would have stayed where he was and just focused on his need just sat down it's a drought there's nothing no food no water just sat down where he was After the Lord already told him what to do, but he said, I'm just going to sit out here and have a pity party. I'm going to focus on my need. I'm going to focus on my lack. I'm hungry, Lord. He would have starved to death. His provision was at the brook where God told him to go. Sometimes document this in your mind. Sometimes we need to go back and ask the Holy Spirit. What was the last thing you instructed me to do? (laughs) I have found my answers there sometimes. Lord, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? I'm believing for this. Turns out I didn't do the last thing. Might help you. That's going to help somebody. Yep. Yep. He doesn't forget. And he's really not big on repeating himself. When he gets quiet, sometimes it's because he's already answered you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That. Oh, that's really helping somebody. Yeah, that's good. Then the brook dried up. Isn't that where we stopped? After a while, the brook dried up. Let me read a little bit more. Then, in verse 8 of chapter 17, 1 Kings, then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath. So now he's supposed to go somewhere else. Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have already commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and look at, look how it comes about now. So he arose and went to Zarephath, which was not in Israel, by the way. Jesus talked about this woman. And he went and came to the gate of the city. Behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Remember, it's it's a drought. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Wow, this would have made all the headlines today. Preacher takes last meal from dying widow and her child. (laughs) Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, "As, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Last meal. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But first, first, what part of your Income. What part of your increase does the Lord ask for? What is the tithe? The The tenth? Is it any tenth? The first. First. Where was it? Do not fear. Go and do as you said. But first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord. Now here we go. Now, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That's good. The brook Amen. dried up. God has spoken to a woman who was in a crisis and had faith. Amen. God's always looking for a little faith. Jesus said, "When I return, will I even find?" Faith. Faith. Those who stand strong until the end will be saved. Stand. When you've done all you can do to stand, therefore stand. Never give up believing on Jesus. He's faithful. He's faithful. No matter what happens in this crazy world. Never stop believing on Jesus. God spoke to this woman with faith who was in this crisis. Jesus talked about her, like I said. Go to the Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter four, verse 22 through 30, this is where Jesus mentions this woman and I'll just touch on it briefly. Luke chapter four, verse twenty-two says, "And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove." Nope, that's where Jesus was baptized. Huh? Um, nope. I forget where it's at right now. But listen, it's good because I probably read the whole chapter. <laughs> <laughs> so you're lucky, but Jesus said there was a. Jesus tells the story to these religious Pharisees and hypocrites of the day, the religious leaders in Israel that he was that were coming against him, and he said, "Hey, hey, there's a. There were a, during the time of this drought back when 700 years ago, you know, like when Elijah prophesied and there was a drought for three and a half years. He says there was a lot of There was a lot of uh, sick people. There was a lot of women in Israel, a lot of lepers. A lot of people needed help. A lot of people were sick. A lot of people were hurting. A lot of people were probably starving in Israel where God's people was. He said, God didn't send Elijah to any of them. God didn't send Elijah to any of them only to this widow in Zarephath, which was not, not their people. He made a point of telling them that and it made them very angry because they're God's people. They're the special ones, but Jesus was just pointing out a fact for the same reason that he was coming against these religious hypocrites right there when he was talking to them because they weren't living by faith. They put on airs of religiosity, but Jesus said, if the outside of your cup is clean, but the inside—you ever seen old moldy? <laughs> That's what they look like to Jesus on the inside. Outwardly, they appeared very religious, but he said, "But you, you're not real." He said, "God sent only Elijah to this woman." God, see, Israel, they had religion, right? Mm-hmm. Yes? Not faith. They had pride, not humility. Mm-hmm. God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. Yeah. And in this case, their spiritual piety or self righteousness. Their familiarity with Jesus caused them to miss God himself standing right in their midst. Did Jesus leave? They tried to throw him off the cliff and he just walked right through the midst of them and left. <laughs> That's a cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> Did Jesus leave though because he was angry with them or hated them or was unforgiving towards them because of their rejection? No, that's what we would have done. (laughs) I hope we wouldn't, but no, he loved them, didn't he? He loved them, but their familiarity, it's so sad that sometimes, you know, you could be sitting here I've had, I can't tell you how many people, and I, I don't think any, I know a lot of great preachers. I don't think, you know, that highly of myself, but I've had two people just tell me, oh, you're just the, just the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then within a year or so, they're offended with me somehow, and they're gone. Their familiarity with Jesus it caused them to be in unbelief. Their pride, it hindered them from receiving from him, you see. If you if you walk after the Spirit, you should be able to receive from me or any one of your brothers and sisters or even a little child. I don't care who it is speaking to me. I'm listening to see if it's God. A lot of times my six-year-old granddaughter will and God is talking right to me. That was prophesied about her before she was ever born. She? <laughs> she has great understanding of, of Bible uh, teachings when I talk to her about the things of the Word. And she'll tell it back to me in, t- in t- terms that are so simple. Um, it blesses me. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> He loved them. In Mark six, remember, he went to his own hometown, and, and it said he could not do mighty works there. He didn't say he wouldn't. We know he's willing. He was. I'm sure he was really excited to go to his hometown. I mean, he wouldn't be. You know, he loves everybody, but hey, these are these are people he grew up around. Can you imagine how excited he was to go and? heal them all and give them the words of life and the kingdom, and they said he couldn't do many mighty works. Then over in Matthew, the synoptic gospel for the same thing. Uh, chapter 13 verse 58, it says, because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. Hey, isn't this the carpenter's son? That's what they said. Hey, isn't this his mother and his sisters here with us? Uh, where'd this guy get off thinking he can you see, he, he, he didn't go, he didn't go to a cemetery, you know, I mean, seminary. does <laughs> you know? this guy I think he is? But he still loved them. You know, Jesus is compassionate. You know, the father is compassionate. Jesus said, you've seen me, you seen the father. I don't know why people think Jesus is the nice one. And he's, pretty, he's sort of insulating us from the Father. If he, if he ever gets to you, he's going he gonna to get you. No. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father do. Mm-hmm. They're the same. Mm-hmm. Philip, have you been with me so long, you still don't know the Father? You've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, he would have loved Elijah... If, if Elijah had just uh, said no, I'm not going to that brook, he still would have loved Elijah, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Elijah would have said, no, I, I got, I'm good. I got, I got some friends in another town that'll be more comfortable for me. there. They'll, they'll, they'll take care of me. I'm sure I'll be all right. He would have missed God and probably starved to death still. And God still would have loved him. Psalm 145. I'm about done here today. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. This is beautiful. The King James really captures it. Psalm 145, almost to the end. Almost to that one that talks about it. King James Version, Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious. He's just full of grace. And full of compassion. Look at that. He doesn't just have compassion, he's full of it. Overflowing. He couldn't be any more compassionate. If you're full, you're full. (laughs) When you're full, You add any more, what happened? Your cup runneth over. Then he's full. He's compassionate, slow to anger, and of great mercy. And then it says in the ninth verse, "The Lord is good to." Oh, raise your hand if you fit into that. God is good to you. God's good to everyone. And his tender mercies are over all his works. See, he's not doing any of the bad stuff that people are giving him credit for. Even people in the pulpit. I don't know why they do that. It's like a weatherman. Just doesn't have to be accountable if they blame it all on God, you see. Weatherman, I don't know. That's what the radar said. Preaching, oh, sovereignty of God. We'll stick with that. Whatever will be, will be. God knows more than (laughs) we. He took your young husband home early. He needed him more than you did. That's a dang lie. That's a lie. That runs people away from God. Makes people mad at God. That's the devil's plan. I don't understand why people can preach that and then not meditate on it and go, you know, that just ain't right. It says he's full of compassion. Huh? Good to everyone. So then if Jesus must have got it right in John 10, 10 when he explained it to him. Hey, no. I don't have a demon. That devil, he's the one who came to steal, kill, and destroy. When he lies, he's to speak in his natural tongue. He's always been alive. He's the thief. He's the liar. He's the destroyer. I came that you might have life, have more abundantly to the fool. He's a good God full of compassion to everybody when you read the Bible and I hope you do because this is your spiritual food huh I mean haven't we all sinned and fall short of the glory of God yeah but God loves us when you read the Bible don't try to find scriptures that condemn you Don't don't find things that disqualify you. Say, thank you, Jesus, that you bore that on your body on the cross. Huh? Find the promises that edify you and build you up and provide what you need. And then say, hey, Lord, Father, argue your case. He likes that. He smiles. He's like, Lord, you said what I say." Well, tell me again. <laughs> uh, you're right. If you being evil, love to give good gifts to your children, yes? How much more your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who... And, and in another synoptic gospel, which good gifts is traded out for the Holy Ghost how much more he will give the Holy Ghost because see, in the Holy Ghost, in God, everything. He's hes the, he is the custodian of everything that God has for you. The Holy Spirit has all the fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and all the gifts. What a tree. What a Christmas tree that is. <laughs> he isn't trying to condemn you. He's not mad at you. And listen, he's not trying to condemn you today when he's trying to teach you about being in agreement with him. You understand that, don't you? That's what I mean. When you when you read things like that, don't don't. Don't get yourself in condemnation or overwhelmed with guilt because you have been disobedient or you haven't been in the place called there. He's trying to teach you today how to repent, which just means change your mind, not get on your knees and beg. He already forgave you 2,000 years ago. He just wants you to talk about it with him. I think it was lester summerall great preacher you know he he built a house and he had a drive-through garage because god told him don't ever look back just forward (laughs) (laughs) he loves you though and he, he wants you to learn to cooperate with the spiritual laws that he's put in place to to benefit you, to protect you. Then then he wants you to use them to to bless others and let others know and see how good he is. Isn't that right? So focus on God's goodness, on God's love, on God's compassion toward you. Then you will have it toward others. Because he'll fill, fill me up, Lord. Overflowing. I am child and knowing he loves you then that'll make it easy to understand and submit submit when he corrects you because you know he's doing it out of love Amen. first peter 1.14 as first peter 1 14 yeah I see you all writing and look, that's, oh I love thank you that's so good because this is good as obedient children first peter 1 14 as obedient children do not be conformed poured into the mold of you're going to be you're going to be molded by something the world or god do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance now is that that ambiguous? Is that hard to understand what he's trying to say there? <laughs> Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. We know what that means, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Those who are forgiven much love much. Yes. <laughs> Thing is, we've all been forgiven much. You just need to know it. Some of us it's easier for us to know it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the lamb. Because he's going to guide you into your perfect provision. That's why you need to be willing and obedient whenever God speaks to you. It's not so he could harm you. His plans for you are not to harm you, but to help you. To prosper you, to give you hope in the future. Amen. Hey. If you doubt me, you're just doubting him because he said, No, I, I know the thoughts I have toward you. And that's what they are. Plans to prosper you <laughs> and Amen. not to harm you.
1: To
0: give you hope in the future. Yes. Or an expected end in the King James. I like that. Yes. And that expected end is good. Psalm forty six first three verses. Listen to this. God is our refuge and strength. God is your refuge and strength. Where have you been running to? (laughs) Well, next time you run to that same place you've been running to for refuge and strength or that same thing or whatever it is that you think you're finding refuge and strength in that keeps leaving you wanting, stop yourself. And turn to Psalm 46 and remember, God is my refuge. God is my strength. An ever-present help in time of need or in trouble. Ever-present. Not coming and going. not Maybe he'll be here. If I stick around and wait long enough, maybe the Lord will show up. He was there the whole time watching you pray and wait. He's an ever-present help in time of need or trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear, that's our part. Didn't Jesus give us a great gift in John 14, 27? Peace I give to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. That's your part. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Do you know those things are going to happen? May not be in your lifetime, but if it did, you still wouldn't have to fear. You belong to Jesus. Amen. Oh, if we just understood our authority and our position in God. We are children of God. Do you know he sees you just like Jesus? Father sees you, he sees Jesus. Or he sees Adam. If you haven't been saved. Fallen, corrupted nature. But all of you, pure gold but well, listen and I really am going to finish here though listen one of, now because now you feel love right you feel that you feel the Holy Spirit you feel God saying yes yes I love you and everything I tell you whether it's, it's a correction or bragging on whatever it is it's all good it's all for your benefit all to protect you from you you have an enemy And I'm here to protect you from him. And I want you to be blessed. I want you to enjoy your inheritance. Don't wait until you get home to heaven. It's going to be wonderful up there. But he wants you to enjoy it now. And be a representative of of God and his blessings in this life. Because he loves you. But one of the first things that God asks you to do after being born again is to change your thinking. Yes, he does. I have a friend on my rodeo committee who I love very much. Well, last year, was his last year. He's a doctor, a dentist, a friend of mine. And he says, uh, you know, Will, he goes, I don't have any problem with the church. I, I just don't think they should be able to tell me what to think. I said, well, you got a big problem. You got a big problem. And see, that's not something you could sit across from someone at a 10 minute lunch break and explain very well. One of the first things he asks us to do is change our thing. Why? Because the world is run by the devil. Yes, is that what the Bible says for a time. And that's where you learn all the dumb stuff you believe. It's where you learn to be negative. It's where you learn to worry. It's where you learn to be critical. It's where you learn to gossip. It's where you learn to be rebellious. God is love and he has made you in your born again spirit that is, to be just like him. But now you have to teach your soul to agree with God yes. and to walk in love, which is life. To walk after the Spirit, which is life, instead of after the flesh, which is death. Amen. 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 Romans 12, 1 and 2 is one of the places you should have circled in your Bible regarding this. And I'm done here, Messiah. If you- had anything in mind? Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, which are sort of foundational scriptures, because Paul has laid out a beautiful, beautiful story of the grace of God. And he gets to Romans 12 and he says, Therefore, brethren, Because of everything, basically. When you see therefore, what I tell you is therefore usually. Because of what God has done on, on your behalf, therefore, you should be doing this as a response. As a faith response. As a love response to his love. Okay? So I said, therefore, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The King James says your reasonable sacrifice. Do not be conformed to this world. There it is again. And that word conformed, you can look it up in the Greek and it's it's just like pouring in. I think of a little green army man, the plastic one have been poured into the mold. You're gonna be poured into the mold of this world or are you going to be poured into the mold of God's love and provision and truth? And it's a choice. You can't sit on the fence because then you just become like that uh, Play-Doh that the kids mix 16 colors together thinking it's going to be a beautiful rainbow and it all just turns to a blob of gray. And the fence belongs to the devil. Yes, it does. Great. You have to make a choice. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. See, that's how you know the will of God. Put, put the word of God in to your mind. Then everything that you come across every day, you're bouncing off the word of God, the truth of God. And make sure you're reading it through New Covenant lenses. How many of you know some... Old Testament prophets, or I call them non-profit prophets. <laughs> they they fancy themselves prophets, but they everything they're doing is like James and John did that time. You want us to call, hey Jesus, you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy that town? Jesus said, No, you don't know what manner of spirit you you are. In other words, that's evil. That that, that was old covenant stuff. I, I came to fix all that. Now we just love them. After that he affectionately jokingly called them sons of thunder. I can see Jesus bring down fire. Sons of thunder, come over here. He's fun, man. He's funny. Philippians 4.8, same thing. Philippians 4.8. Kavana's foundational scripture in her life, in her new life, when she came to know the Lord in truth. It helped her to stop thinking so many bad thoughts about me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I were joking. <laughs> <laughs> Philippians 4.8. Tell me when I find it. it Alright. Philippians 4.8. <laughs> I'll start with four. Rejoice in the Lord always, 4 4. Again, I say rejoice. I like this fifth verse, Randy. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to all men. That's one that God helped me with. Still working on it, but he's helped me a lot. Come a long way, haven't I, uh, Sam? <laughs> I haven't left anyone laying on a floor (laughs) in a long, long time, and I thank God for that. (laughs) But by everything, uh, do not be anxious about anything. There's one, Miss Norma. Randy can rest on verse 5, and you can rest on verse 6. It'll help you, won't it? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Mm-hmm. See? We just give it to God, and then we forget about it. Every time it comes up in our mind again, we want to get anxious about it or something again, we just say, oh, I already gave that to you, Lord. You got it. Amen. I'm good. Yes, Standing in faith. That's a promise from God, so you can stand on it, believe it, trust in God. And if you do that, look at that. Verse 7, and the peace of God... You do your part. Cast your cares. Don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. Don't worry. Give it to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, the verse I was going after finally, brethren, whatever, here's, he going to tell you. To renew, it t- change your thought life, change the way you're thinking. And know what it says? One of the first things he asked you to do as a new believer, watch this. And if he asked you to do it or tells you to do it, he would be unjust to tell you to do it if you didn't have the power and ability to do it. People say, I can't change what I think. I say, Yeah, you just put a little television screen, a monitor on your forehead that tells all your thoughts. You'll change. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. You want to get into God's thought life? You're looking at it right now, you're reading it. He thinks like that. Whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. See, you don't stop thinking terrible thoughts or stinking thinking or bitterness or worry and fear you don't stop those thoughts by trying to you you have to have replacement therapy you replace those ugly things with beautiful things from god's word that counteracts them until you're filled up to overflowing with the joy of the lord which is your strength amen because you magnify the Lord, he said in Isaiah twenty-six three, "I'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me, because they trust in me." Amen. Instead of fear the world, Amen. I would rather trust God than anything from this world. Let's stop right there. father thank you thank you for letting us know how much you love us thank you for who you are thank you god for teaching us how to put on our our new selves how to draw out the new inner man or woman no confusion here lord Thank you, Lord, that you are so compassionate and you've created us in your image and so help us to be compassionate. Help us to utilize that beautiful tool of compassion. Jesus was confronted by a leper who said, if you're willing, you can make me clean, you can heal me. Jesus reached out his hand, he was full of compassion for him. He said, I'm willing. And he touched him and he cleansed him that compassion will compel us to move in the gifts of the spirit to work and walk in that power that you long to utilize us for choose us Lord we're willing vessels help us to walk in power and victory and authority and not be afraid help us to just begin by Laying hands on those who are sick. Encouraging those who are, are down and out. And watch what happens. Help us to, to note and to see that the more we practice the things that you say we have, the more we see that we do have them. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to do this and growing us up to be the powerful End times bride, that you showed me so long ago, adorned with all the gifts of the Spirit, walking in love and power and victory, going out and ministering the gospel to a sick and dying world who needs us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.